If you combine pajamas and rubber boots to check on the barn, we welcome you. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, everyone, and happy Friday. I'm Nate Zimdars, filling in for our farm director, Pam Yonke, who is out west having a great time on her farm tours from everything that I have heard and seen. Of course, if you want to follow along to that journey and everything else that we got going on, all of our agricultural news, please go on to our social media and check us out at The Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook or go on to our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. Looks like we got a great Friday ahead of us. The sun's going to be shining. Temperatures are going to be all right. We're going to get a more detailed, in-depth weather forecast later in the show. But from everything that I've seen, I think we're in for a great weekend. So hopefully it's a good opportunity for you to get out there, do some field work, enjoy some time with family, maybe get out to the lake, take a swim, enjoy a park, whatever it is that will make you happy being in the outdoors. Looks like there's going to be plenty of opportunity for that. Please stay tuned. we got a great show coming up ahead for you. We're going to be hearing from Pam Yonke in just a minute. And then we have a couple of updates later in the show that you're going to want to stay tuned to. Right at the end of the program, we do have a feature from one of our Century Farms that was recognized just the other week at the Wisconsin State Fair. You don't want to miss it. Compere does things differently as a farm credit cooperative, like sharing $202 million back in patronage this year with its member owners. That's more than $1 billion in patronage paid back since 2017. Talk with your local Compere team to learn more or visit compere.com backslash patronage. Compere Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of a board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved. New location, new vision, same goal. The Farm and Industry Short Course is producing high-quality graduates ready for success in the dairy industry. The oldest agriculture training program in Wisconsin has stood the test of time. The 16-week program returns for fall 2023 at UW-River Falls. Learn from world-class faculty, live in the residence halls, earn college credits, and create lifelong friendships. Register today at uwrf.edu. You know, Wisconsin's not the only dairy state that's moving to try to encourage people to drink more fluid milk and consume more dairy in general. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, where I had a chance to visit with John Talbot. He is the CEO of the California Milk Advisory Board, and they have launched a real California milk accelerator program. What they're looking for, good ideas on how dairy they're producing today can be used for new product development in the future. John Talbot says just like Wisconsin dairy producers, he's concerned about the consumer trends. Obviously, it's 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 very disheartening, discouraging, if you will, in terms of the decline in consumption of uh, well, traditional fluid milk. But there is even, I think, some hope and some growth in, in that category when you look at some of the more value-added types of fluid milk. And our first year uh, with our accelerator program focused on uh, those, some of those kinds of opportunities. But there are a whole host of other areas that we're looking at to grow demand for milk. And those are typically in uh, more value-added type products that have a specific benefit. A lot of times now um, with you know where we're at in the economy, with inflation and everything else, everybody's focused around value. Well, value isn't just necessarily about price. It's about functionality. It's about the benefits. 
So some of those functional benefits, um, you know, again, coming out of the pandemic, it was all about, you know, making sure that we had our immunity up. Um, you know, there were uh, a lot of more emotional kinds of things going on in people's lives and, you know, in terms of how to help people calm down almost or, or feel better about themselves and their lives. And, you know, and, and dairy plays in all kinds of interesting ways in, in those need states. But again, the whole purpose here is try and find new opportunities for consumers to connect with dairy products. Um, you know, and, and it, again, it's consumers are always looking for new products. They're hardwired to look for new things. And they're always out there saying, well, you know, is this better? Is this different? And, you know, so the more opportunities we give them to look at some of our stuff and say, wow, oh, that looks interesting. Um, then, you know, we've 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 moved the, the <laughs> we've moved ahead in the game. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, simple adjustments, uh, Dairy Management Incorporated right now looking for a dairy product that combines the calming effects. So like you said, it may not necessarily be a big change in what we're already doing, but it does have to be a marketable change. Tell me what gets you excited, John, some of the projects that are have either come to fruition or that you are interesting in monitoring uh, that might be developing coming in the future it doesn't all necessarily have to do with food. There's a lot of industrial uses we're finding for some dairy products too. Yeah, we had one uh, entrant last year, Mitero, um, in our accelerator program that uh, developed uh, a bioplastic that was actually decompostable. Um, so it's obviously something, you know, packaging is a big part of the whole sustainability story and, you know, if we could develop from our own product, you know, a, a, a plastic type uh, material that could be used for packaging, you know, that would be a huge win, you know, across the board. Um, but the, and there are there are lots of other ways of, of using milk. We've we've had entrance, um, you know, with pet foods, <laughs> you know, um, which is a, a big market, actually. Um, and we've had, uh, you know, products that are looking at all kinds of different ways of doing things, whether it's the product itself or maybe it's the distribution method, you know, and that's the innovation. You know, there's a lot of work right now on e-commerce and all of that. That's growing like crazy. We've had a couple entrants that are trying to figure out how to make cheese more available through e-commerce um, and things like that. So it's not just the products, as you suggest. Exactly. John Talbot's along with us. He is uh, California Milk Advisory Board CEO and a fellow that's been involved in marketing of a lot of different agriculture food related products his entire career. Let's talk a little bit to give people a backstory on the real California milk accelerator. John, uh, you folks, as you said, have been uh, asking for feedback, asking for proposals on new ideas uh, outside of the box, thinking on what we can do with dairy. Uh, tell me a little bit about that accelerator program before we lose track of it. Sure, sure. The you know this uh, started four years ago now for us, so we're uh, in actually our fifth year, which uh, is very exciting. Um, and you know it started with the just fundamental idea. You know it's like how do we combine two of California's greatest resources, real California milk, 
and and that insatiable entrepreneurial spirit and and the program is designed to identify and elevate um, and facilitate the product development process, the commercialization process. We're trying to connect the dots between entrepreneurs and food scientists and uh, and manufacturers and retailers and marketers and and investors to bring all the the resources together, help them learn how to do you know the 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 product development process because a lot of them don't have a whole lot of experience in that. And so we help accelerate that whole thing and and hopefully generate some ideas that ultimately make it to the marketplace. How much money have you guys dedicated to this accelerator effort? Well, we this year um, the prize pool will be about two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and um, and that is not cash in kind necessarily, but it's marketing support because we're a checkoff organization. We can't just give them cash, but we help support them with um, you know marketing to get their products out into the to the to the marketplace. You know, that's one thing I've been learning too, right along with many dairy farmers is. Even a good idea needs a lot more help than that. Uh, scaling up product, finding production facilities. I mean, we in, in the food industry, the dairy industry, there's some very unique challenges out there that a lot of dairy operators don't understand. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, every product is different. And for new products to be, you know, have a lot of potential, they have to be doing something different. So chances are there's not a manufacturer out there that fits perfectly. So, you know, to your point, we're trying to connect these entrepreneurs with the most appropriate manufacturer um, to help them, you know, at least initially get the product out into the market. Um, but that's not always easy is, is, again, finding the right processor that can do what they really need. Um, but again, that's that's part of the trick and part of the value, too, that we offer to these entrepreneurs. Let me ask you, John, one effort, and I've been talking with John Talbot about, you know, similar efforts we're doing here in Wisconsin with our Dairy Innovation Hub. Some of our monies in that effort are going to researchers to accelerate them thinking out of the box. Have you been surprised at people that suddenly show interest in dairy when you give them <laughs> a little financial carrot? Sure. Oh, yeah. No, in fact, you know, uh, some of these entrepreneurs are are just they're more about creating ideas. They really don't know dairy necessarily, you know, but but they have this desire to in this this, you know, willingness to put their their lives into <laughs> this project. And it's really exciting to see the energy of the whole thing is, is I think, one of the most satisfying parts of the whole thing is is just to see these people with these ideas and this passion and this excitement and then hopefully help them along the way yeah well and that's what it's all about again if you're just joining us folks john talbot is the board ceo for the california milk advisory board and what we've been talking about is their accelerator program it's a lot like what we're trying to do in wisconsin with our dairy innovation hub but they are focused specifically at products that can help us turn the corner when it comes to dairy consumption across all platforms obviously focused in on fluid but also focused in on how that moves into other marketplace other uses so so give me a little show and tell john uh who did you uh give me some example of end results that you may see when you walk into a, a marketplace 
You know, we have uh, one just last year called Wayward Spirits, which is actually a uh, an alcoholic product uh, that is made from whey. Um, and, you know, so that's a little different um, and obviously uh, uh, has some interest and is doing very well. Um, we've we've done a bunch of different ice creams. That's always seems to be a very popular category. Last year, also, we had a really um, wonderful uh, drinkable yogurt product called Dosa, um, which has some very uh, exotic flavors to it. And it's it's more of a traditional lassi is the type of yogurt that it is. Um, and again, right on trend in terms of uh, functional benefits, in terms of gut health and, and all of that kind of thing. So those are the types of products we're looking for. Um, we also had one year we had a um, uh, an entrant that had a an Indian uh, cheese uh, called paneer, and a wonderful tasting product, but just very few you know people out there in the market with that kind of cheese. So that, and that one has done uh, done very well over the years. So anyway, that's just a few examples. John Talbot, one of the like-minded souls at the California Milk Advisory Board. He's their CEO, working with the Real California Milk Accelerator Program, looking to try to use dairy in other formats like frozen novelties, cheese and yogurt, and try to keep dairy consumption on the increase. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Looking for farm or construction equipment? Look no further. Steffes has a huge Wisconsin area equipment auction closing August 24th. This is an online multi-party auction offering some of the best farm and construction equipment has to offer. Don't miss this opportunity to name your price. Check out the detailed pictures on steffesgroup.com. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Hurry before this opportunity passes you by. The Steffes Group. Built on Perfect. trust we'll be a little since tight on 1960. Time today. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents. Kind of different, but we bonded over music just like other families do over sports, camping, or other interests. And we talked. Little everyday conversations from silly to serious that built a foundation over time. Honest conversations. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. And I was so grateful that you and mom had become these sober, stable people who were always there for me. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now, that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs, whether it's music or anything else. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. 
If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, everyone. It is time now for our Compere Financial Egg Weather Update with Stu Muck. Just taking a quick look at the forecast, Stu. Looks like we're in for a pretty good weekend. Yeah, I'd say pretty nice. Temperatures, Nate, maybe pushing a little bit to the normal or above normal side already as we look towards Saturday and Sunday. There's going to be a lot more warm air around, no doubt about that. I think we'd class Sunday as a hot day, a little cooling Monday, and back to that hot temperature pattern as we look on toward Wednesday, Thursday as well, even Tuesday. There's a lot more warm air going to build in for next week. Be ready for that. Today, kind of quiet, peaceful. That's good news. A little weak system did zip through parts of eastern Wisconsin yesterday. I saw over at the Sheboygan County Airport, they picked up 12 hundredths of an inch. I had a few sprinkles just south of Fond du Lac for a time yesterday. Not a big deal. Not a big deal almost anywhere. But a weak front did slip through. We stay a little cooler and comfortable today and into tomorrow. Then we start to warm it up. I don't expect much of a rain chance. Just that weak front that brings just a little cooling as we look toward Monday. I'll have forecast details right after this. What BioVet does and where the livestock producer gets their benefit is our technology helps them with the things that they sometimes don't even know they're missing out on. Not just worrying about animals when they're sick, but trying to keep them as healthy and happy as possible as well. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Whether it's finally getting that blue ribbon or enjoying too many carnival rides, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs as they celebrate 100 years of fairs to share the fair story. Entries are being accepted all summer long and there are cash prizes. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. We're back now for our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update with Stu Muck. So all in all, Stu, looks like we're set for a pretty good weekend, some sunshine. Temperatures aren't going to be too terribly bad until maybe later next week. Yeah, the warm air is going to build on in, Nate, but uh, a couple of days here today and tomorrow sound fantastic. In fact, that Compere Financial Ag Weather Forecast, mostly sunny and hazy, that smoke out there. The air quality alert still in effect until 6 a.m. Monday. So expect that smoke to be around with us on and off right through the weekend. Temps today into the upper 70s. Lacrosse probably pushing 80 as winds out of the southwest will be around 5. Call it mostly clear overnight. There could be a few more clouds, but nothing too serious. Very upper 50s to low 60s. South winds about 5 to 10. A sunny day on Saturday could be some of that haze, mid-80s, some upper 80s at Lacrosse. south winds 5 to 15, could gust near 25, and Sunday, sunny and hot, here we go, a lot of us pushing up to about or just into the low 90s on Sunday, southwest winds though 5 to 10 become northeast late in the day, and a little cooler back into the 80s for Monday, but then the 90s return, Nate, I'd say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday look like around or in the 90s and the heat index pushing us to the upper 90s. There's summer weather on the way. Oh boy, that's something for everybody to buckle up and prepare for. I guess this is the end of summer, so I take it for what it's worth, guys. We'll be on the other side of it before long. And thanks again for that egg weather update, Stu. That's your Compere Financial egg weather update. And remember, 
Compeer Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck, thanks to Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization for over 100 years. Join now at WFBF.com and Equity Livestock Cooperative, marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community since 1922. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. We get it. You need the most durable truck and a return on it, too. That's why Ewald Chevrolet Buick is your certified agriculture dealer. With your purchase, receive AgPack at no additional cost to you. A package of farm and ranch discounts with savings up to $30,000. Right now, finance a new 2023 Silverado TurboMax or select heavy-duty models for just 1.9%. Find new roads at EwaldChevroletBuick.com. On select models with approved credit, see dealer for details. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. Actuate LLC. Com. Design. Create. Actuate. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. And although I'd love to talk your ear off about windows, today's all about doors. Your front door can say a lot about you. 
Window World specializes in turning a bland entrance into a grand entrance. We have top quality products, a variety of paint and stain options, and certified factory trained installers. It's a no-brainer. Visit us at windowworldmadison.com. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, goodmansjewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. That one uh, miss that he had to Musgrave was so unforgivable that, like, he's nothing special. And then there's another thing that touched on past. He threw to Romeo Dobbs was something electric. I mean, there's only two series. I was at a wedding Friday. Uh, so what we did is a couple of the guys, we uh, had someone brought their cell phone out, and we were just watching right there on the table uh, right after the bride walked down the uh, the aisle. We're like, we gotta, we got to watch Jordan Love. We That's have to watch work. Jordan Love. That's so, good what did you? What did Rob Reichel <laughs> think of the first two series? The bride was beautiful, by the way. And so was a couple passes from Jordan Love. I, I, I'm sure she was, but but the but the real love you were interested in that day was the quarterback, yes. not, not, not the bride and groom exchanging vows, right? Well, um, I mean, you've been to one I, wedding, I, I, you've been to them all, you know. I, I hear you. No, I, I hear you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, keep, I mean, keep in right. Keep, keep in mind, Cincinnati for the most part did not play their ones, so Love was doing this against twos, um, and and things like that. But that you know, hey. Evo, yeah. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Brett Favre. I mean, it, uh, we, we can we can go up and down that list um, of of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. They've all missed more than their share of throws. And you know, for for people to start wigging out that he missed a missed an open Musgrave on on that play is is, is comical to me. I, I think what they need to look at deeper on that play, Evo. <clears throat> excuse me, is that. Love was able to look off the safety on that play, which he would have never done three years ago. He would the, the safety would have cheated that route and probably picked it off, much like much like the one did later on in the game against Sean Clifford. Any any and and Evo the way Love Love's eyes on that play and and his movement in the pocket and the way he was able to steer that safety back to the middle of the field so Musgrave could come clear on the crossing route was just textbook. It's how you would draw it up. You know, did he miss the throw? Yes, obviously he had to, you know, then he had to make the layup, you know, but he did everything in his, you know, everything possible to dribble through traffic and get himself two feet from the rim. He just happened to miss the layup. That won't happen often. Evo, I thought top to bottom, you know, he, he was really good. He hit his last five throws once he got warmed up a little bit. You mentioned the touchdown throw to Dubs, uh, which I thought was outstanding. And, 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 and there again, you know, Dubs did a terrific job. Uh, high pointing that football and going up and getting it. It was it was probably electric on both ends, honestly, Evo. Um, and 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 that's a connection I think you're going to see a lot through the course of the season. Um, no, I again I, I thought top to bottom. I, I know yeah. the numbers don't jump out and, and wow anybody. 
you know, the, the 10 pass attempts, 46 yards, so it's only 4.6, you know, per attempt. So he didn't have a super high average on that. But Evo was two drives, and, you know, they, they went and scored on one of them, and they probably could have on the other if he hits the Musgrave throw. They're at least getting themselves probably in the field goal range on that drive. I, 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 I just think the kid did, did way more right in that game than he did wrong. Totally. Same thing happened, same thing happened for him yesterday in his, in his first appearance against Belichick. We'll see how today plays out. You know, but uh, there was there was a lot to like with what he did again yesterday in that scrimmage against New England, and and you know he's got a chance to build on that again today. I, Evo, I, I'm telling you, I, I I think this kid's got you know now the NFC is devoid of of quarterback yeah. talent. There, there's yeah. not a lot of great quarterbacks by any stretch of the imagination. You know, in the NFC, when when we're talking, that probably the best guys are what you know, Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, and I mean, there's there's not a lot. It wasn't Geno Smith in the Pro Bowl last year. Uh, you know, Jordan Love's got a chance, I think, by the end of the year, Evo, to elevate himself into the top five mm. quarterbacks in the NFC. And um, now, now again, it, it's a lot different in the NFC right now than it is the AFC, where you know that's you know that's a quarterback heaven, and you know the the NFC is largely devoid of, of talent at, at that position, certainly in a lot of places like Atlanta and Tampa Bay and places like that. But uh, no, I, I I think Green Bay's got a good thing going right now. Um, totally. I, I think Love's had a really good summer top to bottom or, or an above average summer. Evo, he's getting better as the summer goes on. And that has to be extremely, you know, uh, you know that, that has to make Packer fans everywhere extremely optimistic. Now, oh, Rob, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Hit him up on Twitter at Rob Reichel. Robbie, when I was watching, you know, albeit two drives, there were a couple plays where I was like, that reminded me of Aaron Rodgers. Like he rolled out to the left and he hit a little, you know, a little pass, you know, the near the the sideline. I was like, that kind of reminded me of Aaron Rodgers. Is that him learning with Aaron Rodgers, or is that more of like the Matt Lafleur offense that we see being run? Or I guess probably both. But what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Rodgers came in and learned a lot from Favre in terms of you know uh, the off schedule type of throws. The you know, his his ability to become innovative in the pocket and ad-lib and, and things to that effect. And I'm sure a lot of Rodgers then rubbed off on. Bringing home the bacon. Literally, this is the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Nate Zimdars with you today on this beautiful Friday morning. Today's note from Nate that I want to share with you comes from Aldo Leopold. And it is actually on the dangers of not owning a farm. As many of you may know, Aldo Leopold is a Wisconsinite. He was a professor at the University of Wisconsin, and he's most well known for his book, A Sand County Almanac, which was written and inspired by much of the nature and wildlife that he saw right here in Wisconsin. Most of you know of him as a conservationist, an environmentalist, but he did have a passion for the land, and he speaks about the benefits of agriculture. Today's quote from Aldo Leopold goes like this. There are two spiritual dangers in not owning a farm. One is the danger of supposing that breakfast comes from the grocery, and the other, that heat comes from the furnace. Now, times have changed quite a bit since he gave that quote. A lot of our energy and the way we receive heat, a lot of that has changed over time, but at the end of the day, we all know that it's our farmers who are out there in the fields who are providing the food that ultimately gets to our table. And there's still quite a few people out there who may not realize it because they're so far removed from the farm, but you aren't. You recognize and realize where our food comes from and the amount of work, the time, 
the effort that goes into making that for a population that perhaps doesn't carry that deep of appreciation. But remember, the work that you do is good work. The work that you do is feeding a very hungry world, and that is so appreciated. So always remember that the work that you're doing out there, it's doing more than just providing for your family. It's providing for everybody who calls this world home. Now we'll hear from Stephanie Hoff. She speaks with Pat Duffy, a merchandiser at Duffy Grain, about the wheat harvest and his take on that as it is wrapping up here. The word from South Central Wisconsin is that the wheat crop is looking good. It's the fall harvest that has folks more nervous. I'm Stephanie Hoff with the Midwest Farm Report. Pat Duffy is the merchandiser at Duffy Grain, serving about 400 farms around Columbus, Wisconsin. He's gearing up for the corn and soybean harvest, and today his farmer customers are about wrapped up with wheat. He says he's happy about the quantity that's coming in and the quality of this year's wheat crop. Yeah, actually, it's been a pretty good crop this year so far. Um, We had a good start here. We obviously came out of some dry weather here in the uh, first part of the summer, so we got off to a good start, and the test weights actually have been good. We're averaging above 58. FM would be is is fine, and then um, uh, the moisture here has crept up a little bit because we've had uh, rain events here in the last two, three weeks that have kind of kept people out of the fields to finish it up. Wheat had gotten off to a better start than corn and soybeans because it was already in the ground. So would you say that that late spring moisture kind of helped through the drought? Yeah, absolutely. You know, wheat probably doesn't need that much moisture once it comes through the winter. You know, we had quite a bit of moisture there in the spring. Um, But yeah, uh, you know, when we get a lot of moisture sometimes in the spring or even into the uh, early part of the summer, sometimes... Some of the disease creeps into wheat. Um, we have not had any vomitoxin itch issues this year so far, so um, that's a good thing. What are all the different avenues that wheat goes to? After you get it, you know, what's going towards maybe food stuff? What's going toward animal agriculture? Yeah, from here in the state of Wisconsin, we um, some of our wheat will head to uh, like ADM at Mendota, Illinois, for flour, uh, wheat flour, human consumption, uh, Ardent Mills at uh, Lake City, Minnesota is another outlet for the wheat here in Wisconsin. And then uh, some of it will go to uh, pet food, um, possibly over on the Mississippi River system at Davenport, Iowa. I'd say you know most of our wheat does go to uh, human food consumption. Certainly you have the straw as a byproduct of the wheat that is used here in the state of Wisconsin for bedding, etc., you know, how does that side of things look for the straw, for the bedding aspect side of things? Um, are we short? Are we, is it going to be a high price because wheat doesn't necessarily look as good as it does last year, according to the crop condition reports? You know, that's a great question. I don't know that I know enough to answer that. Um, I haven't really quizzed my customers on that aspect of it, but, uh, uh, I really wouldn't know. You know, I, when I talk to them about how the wheat harvest is going, usually it's about yield. And the yield this year, I think, was pretty strong. Some people reporting above 100 bushel per acre in various uh, fields that they may have. It's, it's Sometimes it's all across the board. You know, we have soft red winter wheat here that we grow in the state of Wisconsin compared to the hard red winter wheat states of the plains. Any concerns, though, with the other crops moving into the fall? You're getting ready for corn and soybean harvest. How are you feeling about what's in the ground today? Yeah, well, we set, um, 
you know, we were, we came out of that stretch of about two months of very dry weather, so uh, very uncertain as to what's going to happen this fall. Um, but the rains here in the last two, three weeks have really perked things up. But uh, there was a lot of unevenness in the uh, fields in our area. But I'm optimistic that, you know, I don't think we're, we'll be below average, I'm sure, this fall. But uh, I would expect um, the late rains here have helped it tremendously. Pat Duffy along with us, grain merchandiser at Duffy Grain, giving us an elevator's perspective on what's happening in the field this time of year. Again, happy with the wheat harvest, which is about three quarters of the way finished across the state. And he's getting ready for the corn and soybean harvest this fall, crops that he's not as optimistic about. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Here's an idea. How about saying thank you with a Bavaria Sausage gift card? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew at Bavaria Sausage. Open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, corner of Nevsbit Road, Fitchroder Road in Fitchburg. Online, open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, BavariaSausage.com. Seriously, stop and think about those people in your life that you'd just like to say thank you. Maybe it's a brand new neighbor you want to welcome them to Wisconsin. Maybe it's a caregiver. How about maybe that realtor that helped you get your new forever home or the movers that helped you get into the new forever home? You understand what I mean. And remember, with a Bavaria Sausage gift card, literally you can thank people across state lines around the world, and they'll all appreciate and enjoy that real, authentic German old world flavor that you're only going to find at Bavaria Sausage. So say thank you today with a Bavaria Sausage gift card, BavariaSausage.com. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Welcome back, everyone. It is time now for a quick morning market update. But first, before we dive into that, let's take a moment to talk about what is going on with the crop ratings report, which just came out on Tuesday. We had the opportunity to catch up with John Heinberg. He is a marketing advisor with Total Farm Marketing. And he spoke with us about what stood out to him most, and that was the jump in soybeans. They're well above expectations with a 5% jump from last week, which was about 4% more than expected. Here's his take on that situation. Well, obviously, the jump in the soybean side with the rain and things of that nature that came across the last week or so here, uh, well above expectations. We're up to 59%, good to excellent now in the soybean category. You know, that was a, a... that was basically a 5% jump from last week, 4% above what the market was expecting, with Illinois continuing just to rebound. Illinois greens have been up seven straight weeks in terms of ratings. They jumped a whopping 12%, a 70% good to excellent. You know, so the concern I think now and maybe in the marketplace is, you know, did the low for the yield get placed on that report last week and that maybe supplies get a little bit bigger in terms of the production side? And speaking of that crop ratings report and the soybeans, right now soybeans are observed at 90% blooming, which is about two days behind last year and one day behind the average. 63% of a soybean crop is setting pods now, 
And the good to excellent ratings for soybeans are equal to last week with a 52% increase in those categories. Now let's take a look at our morning markets. Cash corn is trading at 474.5, up 1.5. December 2023 corn is trading at 486 and 3 quarters. That is up 1. Cash soybeans are trading at 1350 and 3 quarters, up 14. November 2023 beans is trading at 1344 and a quarter, up 14 and a quarter. September 2023 wheat is trading at 600 and a quarter, up 10 and 3 quarters. September class 3 mill contract is trading at 1795 a hundredweight, up 11. And October milk is trading at 1763 a hundredweight, down 17. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Nate Zimdars. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. What BioVet does and where the livestock producer gets their benefit is our technology helps them with the things that they sometimes don't even know they're missing out on. Not just worrying about animals when they're sick, but trying to keep them as healthy and happy as possible as well. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. This looks like a car. Has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car, but it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Roofing windows, gutters, siding, and decks. Can Legacy do it? You bet. Better prices, better warranties. Legacy always makes it easy. Go to Legacy-Exteriors.com. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Being with you makes us happy as pigs in mud. This is the Midwest Farm Report. We're recognizing farms and homesteads that have been in the family for more than 100 or 150 years. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report. One farm being recognized is the Koss Farm. This farm has been located in Deerbrook, about six miles north of Anago, for 100 years. Tony Koss shares more about his family's farm. Tell me about the farm. What was the background in the farm getting acquired? How much did it cost? Okay, my uh, grandparents uh, are both from the Luxembourg-Casco area. Initial plans were they were going to head up to Michigan to join my uh, grandfather's two brothers. They were both working in the mines, and they were going to farm up in the UP of Michigan. And uh, on their way up there, the train stopped here in Deerbrook, 
and they spent the night at the hotel, and some of the locals were telling them about this farm that was for sale around the corner from the uh, the depot and the, the hotel here in Deerbrook. And they came and took a look at it, and they decided not to go any farther. So they bought the farm. This was in uh, August of 1923, and they paid $6,500 for a 160-acre farm. And what is the name of the farm, and where exactly is it located? It's just the name of whoever's farming it now, like myself. It's, it was under my name, Tony Koss. Under my dad's name, it was Vernon Koss. And under my grandfather's name, it was Antoine Koss. But I guess a lot of, like my relatives, refer to it as the Koss Farm. And uh, it's located, uh, we're, uh, it's in Deerbrook here. We're about six miles north of Anigo, and I'm about uh, half a mile uh, west of U.S. Highway 45. How many generations have been on the farm? Three. So you are the third generation? Yes, I am. Can you tell me how has the size or type of farm changed over the years from when it was first bought to what it is today? Okay, when my grandfather and dad were here, they uh, raised potatoes and they milked cows. And at the very beginning, there was some uh, logging and lumbering, lumberjacking that was done to uh, clear a couple of fields off. They kept the, the milking and the potatoes until uh, the mid-1960s when my dad decided to just go full-scale into the dairy part of it. And there was a new barn, milk barn, that was built here in 1949. My grandfather retired off the farm in 1959, and my dad took over. And dad just decided to go full-scale into dairy instead and that where we are today. How many cows are you milking today and how much land do you have? Okay, we have 160 acres, 40 acres were woods. We were milking uh, 45 cows. What makes your farm unique? I think what made it unique was whenever people drove by, they saw uh, two windmills on our farm. We had both of them were for uh, back in the years before for uh, providing water for the cattle. We had one out back by our woods, which my grandfather put there back in the 30s during the Dust Bowl times because they turned the animals into the woods to eat. So that way they could drink out there without having to come all the way back home. And then uh, we had one here right in the middle of the farm that, you know, we used to uh, water the cattle with all the time, too, so they could spend, you know, their time in the pasture rather than, you know, laying, you know, in a barnyard. And we also had a unique unloading system for hay. We used a, uh, a fork. We would take 10 bales up at a time and put them into the barn. And, you know, usually we had people stopping alongside the road just to see how that thing worked because, you know, we pretty much opened up the whole side of the barn. And a lot of people, you know, would stop in later and make comments that they'd never seen hay unloaded like that before. What were some of the big events that have occurred on the farm over the years? Were there any significant storms, weddings, or other big events? There was a tornado that came through here. It was in the late 1930s to early 1940s, and it did some damage here. And in fact, it took one of the uh, stave silos down and completely destroyed it, as well as some other damage here on the farm. But other than that, we've held a couple of our family reunions here on the farm, and we've hosted a lot of the dairy judging for the four and uh, FFA kids here. And What were some of the big technology changes that have occurred on the farm over the last century? Well, obviously, uh, you know, the milking, you know, went from a vacuum uh, system to a pipeline system. My dad didn't do a whole lot with alfalfa. Uh, you know, growing alfalfa, which when I took over, uh, I started a, a lot more with the alfalfa and high moisture corns. You know, we haven't, didn't really advance any farther than that. 
What were some of the fondest memories that you had from your childhood growing up on the farm and even today? I think it's just the fact that, you know, we're on a highway here that we have a lot of people that, you know, when we have cows out pasturing, we have people stopping by and wanting to take pictures. Uh, in fact, I remember a couple of times I was I would be out in the field when a cow just calved just to make sure the calf and cow were all right. And what was kind of cute was, uh, you know, we had a couple of carloads of kids at one time. They saw this fresh calf laying there, and I went over to the uh, fence, and I said, you can come on in and pet it, and uh, they get just the biggest kick out of stuff like that. And, you know, these kids that haven't been on a farm before and see something like that, it kind of can't help but chuckle a little bit about it, that they're, you know, their amazement that they have. What does the future of a farm look like? Well, I sold the cattle out back in October 27th. It was 2019, and on November 3rd, I had to have knee replacement surgery. My knees just couldn't take it anymore. I'm still the owner here, but I do rent it out to a neighboring farm. It's still being used for crop production, whether it be corn or alfalfa or oats or uh, soybeans. And uh, I guess I would like to continue to do that here. Um, Down the road, we might buy a couple of beef animals or a couple of animals here just to have around to play around with, you know, down the road. Uh, you know, as long as we can keep it productive here um, and the neighbor takes very good care of it, you know, things are working out pretty good. What does it mean to you to be recognized for having a century farm? Well, I guess in this day and age, uh, you know, to have something a hundred years old, whether it be a farm, whether it be a business, even a house, you know, that's quite an event today's society. And I know that, you know, my grandparents did a lot of hard work here you know, on the farm. So did my parents. You know, I lost my dad 12 years ago, lost my mother here at Easter. But the work that they did, you know, I just hope that, you know, we can continue on and continue it to be a nice, just a nice, comfortable place. Is there anything else that you would like to share about your farm? We're located up here, you know, the beautiful north woods of Wisconsin. The nice part is on a fall day, you only have to go two miles up the road. You can start enjoying fall colors and everything like that. I know that most of the dairy in Wisconsin now is, you know, central and southern part of the state, but there still are a few of us up here in the north woods that still have our farms and still have them operating. Tony Koss shares the story of his family's century farm. The Century and Sesquicentennial Farm Program originated as part of Wisconsin's Centennial Celebration in 1948. Each year, about 100